On today's episode of Sports Minutes Weekly, we discuss anti-inflammatory drugs, things like ibuprofen. What are ibuprofen used for? Can it reduce pain and inflammation at the same time? Is it true ibuprofen could be bad for your stomach and intestines? We'll discuss that as well. And dosage. But first, we thank our sponsors because we couldn't do it without them. To be your best, you start with best practices. Eat better, grow stronger, reach higher at Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Their work is what best practices are built upon. They're a team of leading physicians with the highest level of experience and training. Prolific researchers developing and delivering pioneering breakthroughs. Orthopedic experts that other orthopedic specialists and their patients come to when they need individualized care. Get it done right the first time at Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Visit rushortho.com slash the best. And this episode also brought to you in part by Karen Malkin's Protein Brownie Bar and Superfood Bars. Best tasting bars on the market. Certified gluten-free, paleo, no added sugar. Karen's Protein Brownie Bars and Superfood Bars. Available on Amazon and at KarenMalkin.com. Steve Cashel here with... Dr. Brian Cole, head team physician with the Chicago Bulls, one of the team physicians with the Chicago White Sox, sports medicine specialist, orthopedic surgeon from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, our producer also from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, Alex Soroka. So Dr. Cole, interesting topic in this episode and our podcast, ibuprofen. And um, boy, how much is too much? Uh, you know, what's the tolerance? What's the dosage? Is it okay to take these multiple times uh, during the day? When do you start taking them? When should you stop? Uh, we could go a long time on this one, but uh, when you think of anti-inflammatory drugs, Dr. Cole, what comes to mind? Well, I think, Steve, the first thing to understand is that um, ibuprofen is an anti-inflammatory. The other category we call it is a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory or, or NSAIDs. So um, that's opposed to steroids like prednisone uh, that you might have heard of. So this is a non-steroid that works to reduce inflammation, and it can also be used for pain. And as some people don't know, ibuprofen, Motrin, and uh, Advil are all the same thing. So I don't know if you knew that, Steve, but if when you Aleve go to the store, also? No, Aleve is different. It's in the same rough category, but Aleve is different. But Why? ibuprofen, it, they're just a different chemical makeup. So... Uh, Aleve is one type of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. Advil is another, but one can be, and they can both be prescribed. But what's interesting is they both can be obtained over the counter, and it's all about dosage. The things that I prescribe, say an Advil or Aleve, are really um, uh, uh, the same things you can buy over the counter, but they're generally higher doses. But Motrin is a good one to sort of talk about, and Motrin and ibuprofen, as I said, uh, and Advil are the kind of the same thing. And we talk about them as anti-inflammatories, but they also are anti-pain. Um, and they have a huge role as a substitute for some of the other pain medications that we're used to taking and prescribing. In fact, I'll tell you, Steve, even in the training room, um, with a proper dose of uh, Motrin or ibuprofen, you can actually manage you know, things that, that approach surgical pain. Even post-surgical management in my practice, we use ibuprofen in relatively high doses uh, for the for its effects, its positive, positive impact on pain. But they're really used for two different things. One is for pain, and one is for inflammation. 
Yeah, that's my question, though. Okay, um, you know, can you prescribe or does a doctor prescribe a steady dose? You know, something in the morning, something in the afternoon, like for tendonitis, but every day. Is, is it safe to take every day? And, and how much yeah. is too much? Yeah, so I think, you know, the first thing to understand is that... Um, the, the, when you do it, when we use it for pain, the effects are actually pretty rapid in terms of onset. In fact, if we use ibuprofen for pain, it, it, within 30 minutes, it can actually have some uh, pain mediating effects and have a positive impact. So it's it's excellent to sort of take as needed for a pain condition, whether it's a headache, a, a sprain, a strain, things of that nature. And that's not for long term usage. The area that we get concerned about is when we're treating inflammation. So these NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, uh, that can include Aleve, Advil, you've heard of Celebrex, uh, uh, Meloxicam, uh, uh, an, o- an older one, Voltaren. There's, there's just you know dozens of them. And I'm not endorsing one over the other, but the point is that when we do it for inflammation, uh, that's a totally different strategy, and that's taken on a regular basis. So in short doses, it's very safe as long as you have no, uh, uh, what we say, contraindications to it uh, to manage pain. But in higher doses over prolonged periods of time, yes, we do worry about lots of things that can potentially happen. And in general, it should be under uh, doctor's guidance. So what you get over the counter to deal with pain is a whole different strategy than what I might use, for example, to treat osteoarthritis, which is loss of cartilage. And those patients can be on it for six months, a year, and sometimes longer. And those patients, because of effects potentially on the kidney or the liver, who's, who are taking this at steady doses up to two, three times a day sometimes, you really have to monitor it and you need to be under a doctor's care when you're dealing with uh, an attempt to reduce inflammation rather than the acute or sudden onset of pain. Okay, so Dr. Cole, as a, as a physician, what are some of the um, obstacles you're concerned about or what are you monitoring? You know, what are you asking these patients when they're taking this stuff? I mean, what can be some of the, uh, you know, restrictions and why? Yeah. Yeah, so one of the big things with anti-inflammatories is this sort of black box warning. And um, the black box warning is uh, something that came out uh, through the FDA when we saw some adverse consequences with some of the newer anti-inflammatories that work uh, down different pathways that were potentially associated with a higher cardiovascular risk or stroke risk. And um, clearly, when, when I'm dealing with patients who have a history of cardiac issues, uh, potentially had a heart attack or a myocardial infarction in the past, or have had a stroke or a cerebral vascular accident uh, in the past, or have a carotid artery, an artery in the neck that's clogged and things of that nature, those are patients that we have to take in more in-depth history, and that we often have uh, them managed concomitantly by their primary care physician, because there are potential risks uh, for all anti-inflammatories uh, to potentially increase the risk of stroke or other events. So that's probably the big one, and we call that sort of the black box warning. Uh, but in the absence of those things, then we're generally mostly concerned about uh, the negative effects on the stomach or the intestines. And that's because the pathway that uh, we deal with to, that generates pain and inflammation is also the same pathway that produces mucus or the lining of your of your stomach that protects it for stomach acid. So taking ibuprofen, for example, at high doses over long periods of time can actually lead to stomach ulcers and bleeding. And in older patients, we know that to be a very significant risk. So patients who have uh, uh, GI or gastrointestinal conditions like peptic ulcer disease, Crohn's disease, and those are over 65, and that's a big risk category, uh, generally uh, do not take non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like Motrin, Aleve, Celebrex, and so forth for prolonged periods of time. And you really need to be under the, it has to be under the supervision of a physician. 
Um, and there are things, ways to minimize it. You can take it with food or you can take it with uh, antacids. So there are strategies that even people over 65, even people who have a history of peptic ulcer disease or, say, Crohn's disease, can take these anti-inflammatories, but we use protective mechanisms, and that gets more complicated and, and is often outside the purview of those who take care of musculoskeletal problems, Steve, that we often you know, have them managed by their primary care physicians when they have those kinds of risks. Am I thinking then, Dr. Cole, never on an empty stomach? I would say in general, that's that's correct, and it uh, potentially reduces the adverse consequences to the lining of the stomach. That's correct. All right. So, like, you know, I, I tell my son to, uh, you know, take a couple of Motrin, you know, and um, and eat a, eat a protein bar. Eat the protein. I'm, I'm, I'm getting down to basics here, but, you know, eat the protein bar first, get something in your stomach, and then take the drug. Is that basically what it is? Yeah, I would say that that's what you want to do. You want to have some food in your stomach to help from the acid production side and where it's otherwise unprotected. Uh, and we generally recommend that it's always taken with, um, with anti-inflammatories are generally taken with food, not in, in an empty stomach. All right, and then I've heard one doctor tell me, hey, you can take as many as, you know, four Motrin, which to me seems like an awful lot. Um, the most I ever take is two. But, you know, are there cases, and again, we're not being specific here, and you're not prescribing anything in this podcast. Sure. But, you know, doctor, what does Dr. Cole do? Would, would he ever advise a patient? Every case is different, but what's too much? So um, it's about the dose and the frequency. So um, I would tell you that um, patients who have surgery with me, in an effort to um, reduce the amount of uh, or even eliminate postoperative narcotics, I use 800 milligrams uh up to six to six to eight hours, most commonly about every eight hours. If you take it over the counter, if you read the label, for example, for Motrin, it'll say 200 to 400 milligrams. That's one to two tablets, okay? So what you would take over the counter is, ju- is just that, one to two tablets, say every six to eight hours. But I would tell you that I prescribe for my patients 800 milligrams every six to eight hours in a, when you're dealing with high pain situations. But this is not for prolonged periods of time. This is not going on more than, say, one to two weeks, and they're always taking it with food. But it can be a, a, an amazing substitute uh, compared to narcotics. Um, and it is an excellent pain reliever, and it can actually knock out surgical pain. So 200 to 400, you got a headache, that's things you take over the counter. What would I do for myself? I will tell you, if I'm in a situation where, um, you know, when I, when I was climbing or I would have a you know, minor sprain or something like that where it was more painful, I would have no problem taking 600, 800, but that has to be, you know, I'm not generally recommending that to people unless they're under a physician's supervision. But I will tell you that can be extremely effective, but it really has to be under a physician's guidance when you're taking those kinds of doses. And they're not for long periods of time because of the issues pertaining to the stomach, for example, as you talked about, that may lead to ulcers and things like that. Okay. I also want to ask you, uh, Dr. Cole, about uh, natural remedies. Um, that you might prescribe uh, instead of some of these anti-inflammatory drugs or the post-op narcotics. But first, uh, recognizing a couple more of our sponsors, GRF Ortho partners with orthopedic surgeons to improve the quality of life of patients by enabling them to have an active life through the generous gift of cartilage and ligament transplantation. Please go to grfortho.org to learn more or sign up to be a tissue donor at Donate Life. Vericell develops, manufactures, and markets autologous cell-based therapies for patients with serious diseases and conditions. For more information about their products, visit vcell.com. Steve Cashel, back with Dr. Brian Cole. We're talking about anti-inflammatory drugs and 
Dr. Cole, what about the uh, natural remedies? Um, you know, if someone says, boy, I want to stay away from uh, any kind of narcotic, I, I'd rather not put that in my body. I know I talked with a guy the other day who had some pain. He says, I can't take Motrin or Advil or Aleve because I'm on blood thinners. And I want you to touch on that. But also, um, do they then reach for some natural type remedies? Yeah, so there's some interesting ones, Steve. Um, there's a whole category of things called uh, flavonoids, uh, which have natural anti-inflammatory effects. Uh, but I will tell you the ones that you probably hear about are, uh, number one, type 2 undenatured collagen. Uh, it has some evidence that might be for joint health and have anti-inflammatory properties, not to regenerate cartilage like people would love to believe, but taking collagen, especially undenatured type 2 collagen, might have some beneficial effects. The other one, Steve, that a lot of people talk about is turmeric, and turmeric actually has some natural anti-inflammatory effects as well. So these are things that you can get at you know GNC and you know stores that have you know natural uh, sort of homeopathic or supplements. Um, they're not endorsed by the FDA. They may fall in the category of something we call medical foods, which can be recommended by physicians. Um, so it's different than. Uh, you know, than uh, some of the other things that you might take, like protein powders and things of that nature, because they actually may have some medicinal effects. So I would say the, the sort of the two most common that we hear about are undenatured type 2 collagen, as well as turmeric, uh, taken in the proper doses. Well, let me add this. Um, one of our uh, partners here on uh, our Sports Medicine Weekly podcast is Karen Malkin, karenmalkin.com. And I know when I'm looking at things like turmeric and things, I go to Karen because she knows these things very well. And instead of going to the local drugstore, which I don't really trust, um, I want to say, okay, what's the best I can get? You know, it doesn't mean the most expensive, but uh, what, what's the the one that's packed with the, the most natural ingredients. And, um, you know, she recommends these things. So, uh, you know, going to an expert like that, I think is advisable, someone that who's, you know, a, a dietitian, someone uh, we call our psychology of eating coach, but someone who's obviously certified, right, Dr. Cole, uh, can really guide us in the right way. Yeah, I think what Karen would frequently say is that there are anti-inflammatory diets, you know, so uh, uh, whey, uh, gluten, um, uh, uh, carbohydrates and things of that nature, um, maybe and and things with preservatives and so forth may be considered a no-no because they have natural infl- inflammatory effects. So, I like talking to Karen Malkin because you know her background also is just basically in you know sort of you know how we can do things in a more homeopathic way, uh, non-drug related. And there's no question that people who have chronic inflammatory conditions can. Uh, beat that and treat it with uh, modifications in their diet. So that's another one that we may want to consider doing an episode on uh, just to, to speak to, you know, what, what's in our control, what's not a medication, what's not a pharmacologic uh, intervention, but rather uh, something that we control in what we do every single day. And that's, you know, try to eat the best we can uh, and provide natural anti-inflammatory effects by what we take in. And then uh, I want to get back to quickly uh, when you and I both touched on like, you know, Advil, leave uh, some of these over-the-counter drugs, Motrin, but people on blood thinners, I've learned, can't take them. Why is that? What's the reason? Yeah, so they um, they there's certain anti-inflammatories, but not all that work down the same pathway as they reduce inflammation. That they also inhibit our platelets' ability to aggregate and actually form a clot, so they can actually promote bleeding. So that's it's the same uh, uh, mechanism of action that results in anti-inflammation that can actually uh, affect our, our our ability to clot. And, and put someone at risk for a bleed. In fact, there's some really interesting uh, research by the American Cardiology Association 
that has looked at the use of routine aspirin. You know, we there's often been a recommendation to have low-dose aspirin to reduce the chance of a stroke or a cerebral vas- vascular accident. Uh, but some of the recent recommendations have included uh, caution there because there is a subpopulation of people who actually have a high propensity of actually having a bleed due to taking aspirin. So um, this, again, is something you got to consult with your physician, but they inhibit our platelet's ability to do what they normally do, which is to actually clot and stop, and, and stop bleeding and actually go the other direction and can promote the chance to have a bleed. And this is especially uh, a problem in patients who are over 65 who have history of any GI issues because not only can it uh, inhibit sort of the protective effects of the mucus that lines our GI tract, it can actually inhibit our ability to clot, so it's a double-edged sword that can lead to a potential bleed and, and other significant problems. So I've seen it before. We have to be very mindful of it. These things are not necessarily all innocuous or totally safe at all times, and that all has to be taken into consideration. I actually, Steve, will take people off anti-inflammatories uh, about uh, 7 to 10 days prior to surgery because of the incremental risk of bleeding and the inability to clot uh, normally. Interesting. And then uh, finally, Dr. Cole, um, if somebody misses a dose, is it okay to start once again? Uh, you know, I guess never try to catch up is kind of the key here, right? Um, yeah. You know, yeah, if you skip it, skip it. Don't try to double it up. Uh, you know, just get back on your normal uh, rhythm and routine, right? Yeah, that's right, Steve. I think the risk is that uh, if you... Uh, uh, miss a dose, you, especially if you're using it for anti-inflammation, you don't want to just suddenly double up because a high dose over a short period of time can have uh, uh, really significant complications associated with what we've talked about, gastrointestinal, stomach lining, things of that nature. So there's no reason to try to play catch up. Your system will uh, you know, sort of equilibrate again once you get the proper dosage over a period of time and just go back to the recommended dose by the physician, but don't, don't double up or try to play catch up if you miss it. Okay, great stuff. We appreciate it. Dr. Brian Cole and our producer, Alex Soroka. We hope you enjoyed today's Sports Medicine Weekly episode. Be sure to add the Sports Medicine Weekly podcast to your playlist on Apple and Spotify. Listen in any time, any place. Subscribe to the Sports Medicine Weekly podcast. And new Sports Medicine Weekly podcasts are shared weekly on social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And finally, you know, warm weather is here. And, uh, well, it's still here, it seems. Uh, We'll get into winter soon enough, but still time to get outside, enjoy your favorite activities, spend precious time with family and friends. Aches, pains, or an injury should not be part of the memories you're making. The therapists at Rush Physical Therapy are always there for you. With more than 60 locations throughout greater Chicagoland, Rush's clinical experts will get you back to life. Go to RushPT.com today to schedule an appointment Not sure if physical therapy is right for you? You can request a complimentary consultation and discover the power of Rush Physical Therapy today. For Dr. Brian Cole and our producer, Alex Roca, I'm Steve Cashel. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll talk with you in our next episode. 